Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, phone, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering gourmet pizzas, hot submarine sandwiches, and salads with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com, 332-4495 for delivery. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times. Joining me today is WFIU News Director Stan Jastrzewski, and we have in the studio with us Indiana University President Michael McRobbie. You can join the program by calling 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. You can also join the discussion at our website, wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. President McRobbie, thanks for being here. A great pleasure, as always. Uh, we always enjoy having you on here. And Stan, good to see you after the holidays. Good to be with you. Uh, I, I, let me set the stage a little bit. Um, earlier this week, uh, President McRobbie sent a, a note to faculty and staff uh, here at IU talking about the cuts that are going to be required to be made. Um, also, uh, directing all IU campuses and administration to reduce spending over the next 18 months by – $59 million, which is on top of $29 million in cuts that have already been made. So I, I know there are a lot of things going on at the university, but this budget crisis is probably going to dominate our conversation today. Mm-hmm. So what uh, prompted you to send out the letter at the time that you sent it out? Um, first of all, just a tiny correction. I, I wouldn't call this a, a, a crisis, but it certainly is um, – uh, it, it is a very uh, difficult situation, this very serious situation that we, we find ourselves in. Uh, I, uh, I decided to, uh, to put out that particular uh, document because I wanted to really um, sort of set the tone for the situation in which uh, we now are. Um, uh, I did this uh, previously when the budget was passed by the state last time and, and I wanted to do it again this time given – uh, the cuts that uh, that were announced uh, just before Christmas by the the Higher Education Commission, and I wanted to do a number of things. Firstly, I wanted to to um, reiterate the the severity of the economic problems confronting the nation and the state. Um, to make the point that the the state really um, is not able to any longer support us at the level that it that it has previously, and that's just the cold hard reality of. The revenue that uh, is now available and the and the substantial decline in the revenue in the state, um, and uh, I wanted to indicate uh, the 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 need that we would have to um, to find ways to address this the shortfall. But in particular, I wanted to see to stress that this was also an opportunity. It was an it was an opportunity for the reasons I described. There was an opportunity in particular because um, although we have been hit hard. In Indiana, though we've been hit hard at Indiana University, um, compared to many other states, we are still doing uh, a lot better than other places. I would prefer to have the hand that we have been dealt than the hand that many other states and many other institutions have been dealt. And at the moment, uh, it is a um, uh, it is a great market in which to be trying to recruit faculty. So, to me, the key thing I wanted to do was to ensure that we 
preserve the academic core of the institution, that that's absolutely essential. We're a university. We're about research. We're about teaching. We're about education. And that's done by the faculty and we need to preserve that core. And I saw it as an opportunity, I mean, possibly a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to to go out and enhance that core through continued um, recruitment of the very best young up-and-coming stars and uh, excellent established faculty in other places who may be willing to uh, consider moving to Indiana University. That was the first thing. The second thing I wanted to emphasize was that when we're seeing construction costs for things like renovation, for new buildings, repairs and so on, coming at at 20% or more uh, below estimate. Uh, In one case, I think I I indicated we've seen it come at 40% below, just unbelievable. This is the time to be be repairing building, rehabbing building, building new buildings, building infrastructure, building all all the facilities that in report after report after report over the last four or five years, um, we, we have uh, shown that the, the university uh, needs, if it really is to reach its full potential as a research university. So I wanted to stress that those are the two key priorities uh, for the university and we must focus everything on trying to uh, pursue those two priorities. But at the same time, um, uh, we have to really review all the ways in which we are um, expending uh, resources with a view to trying to get those, uh, trying to cut those costs um, and focus on those key priorities. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the Higher Education Commissioner <laughs> and the changing financial landscape in the mm-hmm. state. I'm wondering if it's at some points hard to know whose rules to follow. For instance, when the Higher Education Commissioner comes out and says, please don't raise your tuition rates by more than 5 percent, you follow that recommendation to a T and then the State Budget Committee Director comes back and says, well, hang on a minute. I'm going to hold up some potential funding if you don't make some other concessions to me. Is it difficult to know kind of uh, what side your your bread is buttered on there with who you have to kind of pay attention to in in setting a budget? Well, uh, clearly it at the end of the day, the, the legislature and its um, various committees uh, makes the rules and um, uh, uh, determines uh, the flow of uh, funds uh, to the university and we have to work um, as best we can with, within that structure. Um, I, uh, I, I think we have done an excellent job of uh, ensuring that the university um, remains um, as affordable as possible. I mean, I think you've heard me before talk about the figures of uh, how for students with family incomes of $50,000 or less in IU education is, uh, is almost free. So, so um, we, we, uh, we, we, ha- we have certainly done over the last four or five years uh, an enormous amount uh, to make IU a more, more affordable place. Um, at the same time, the people in the state and the legislature um, uh, are concerned about the impact as are we of the um, recession on uh, Hoosier families and uh, they they will, uh, I think, um, reasonably from their point of view, ask us, can you do a little bit more to help Hoosier families? And uh, we've been prepared to uh, do what we can within, I think, our priorities of um, excellence in education and research in the university to, 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 try, to try to achieve that. Uh, the, higher, the, the, the Higher Ed Commission uh, has a document called Reaching Higher um, and I was pleased that in uh, determining the, the the cuts that they did, that 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 has they have been very consistent to the principles of, of that document. I think if that document is to have any credibility, and I think they have shown they have they have done a lot to establish its credibility, then um, in terms of how one allocates 
funding cuts and and, uh, and and things like that, one has to do it with respect to an ongoing strategy as opposed to doing it uh, ad hoc in, in some way. Now, you mentioned uh, this is an opportunity to look at everything that you're doing and try to determine you know, mm-hmm. where these cuts could mm-hmm. be made. Um, I'll I want to talk about outsourcing and I'm going to do it from the standpoint of an emailer because we have our first email Mm -hmm. of the day who said among the recent cost-saving recommendations by the Republican-dominated Indiana Commission for Higher Education was outsourcing or consolidating back office operations such as technology, payroll, marketing and purchasing. Um, The emailer asks uh, why – Given how earlier ventures in privatizing have led to poor levels of service, higher costs to students – these are his opinions obviously – a decline in morale among staffers and less control over university operations by the administration, um, why would you – Look at more outsourcing. Is that well? I just, I just reject every single line of that. I think that's just um, uh, none of that is true. And uh, what, what I what I would say is that um, you know, as you know, I came here 13 years ago as the vice president for information technology, and uh, we have um, in in the IT organisation. I guess first when I was running it, and then under Vice President Wheeler's uh, very able leadership, um, over and over again, um, driven savings and leveraged our resources. Um, there's been there's been very little IT that has been outsourced because IT is, in my view, a critical mission critical function for the university. We, in fact, run a lot of IT in the state. Um, the statewide optical fiber network iLight, which was initiated out of IU, is run by Indiana University along with many, many, many other things. So we have got we have got consistently over and over again the economies of scale that one gets out of centralizing um, uh, IT. And we have, again, consistently been ranked as having uh, among the best IT infrastructures um, in the nation, contrary to um, what you just read out to me. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a number of people since this letter has come out and uh, people inside the university and out and, and they've asked me and I haven't had an answer for them. And so I'm glad I get to ask you, what is the president's office and central administration going to do in terms of cutting your budgets in, or in terms of uh, keeping with all of the other budget cuts that are that the other academic and support units well, are being asked well, to Well, obviously, Stan, I mean, all budgets, and we did this last time at the beginning of um, this financial year, all budgets were cut uh, by, uh, by, the, by an appropriate amount, by, by an equivalent amount across, across the institution and, 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 and all, um, all these cuts uh, uh, are going to be um, – uh, this particular uh, cut will be distributed across all units uh, whether they be in university administration or campus administration as well. That's happened last time. It will happen, happen this time. Everybody will, will have to uh, bear their share of, um, uh, of, of these cuts. You uh, talked about um, the opportunities that do present themselves um, in terms of construction and maybe mm-hmm. some hiring and mm-hmm. and some of the core things that you want to protect. But but I think you would uh, I think you would acknowledge there will be some pain in parts of the oh, university. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah, I mean, right. oh, I mean that's that that was a point I tried to make, Bob. In the in the note was is that is that. Um, the, the cuts last time, which were buffered to some extent by the stimulus money, which has now gone away, we were able to deal with um, uh, reasonably well. I mean, with obviously with some pain, with some with some difficulty. This time, it's going to hurt, and and I don't think we want to make uh, uh, pulling punches about that. This time, it is going to hurt, and um, uh, and and that's the that is the impact of the uh, of the the severity of the financial situation in the state. Uh, we can't. 
um, we, we, we can't disguise that. But at the same time, I think that we have to, we have to sort of now say, well, um, we need to give priority to the core of the institution. Um, and uh, that, is the, that is the academic mission of the institution and the things that support it and the infrastructure that supports it. But let me say one other thing. This, this, we're, a, we're an institution with a, with a budget approaching $3 billion. And the funding that comes into the university comes in from a whole range of different sources. On the one hand, you're seeing cuts in some areas. On the other hand, you're seeing very substantial increases in funding, in particular in externally funded research. Um, we've, the figures we've seen for externally funded research for the last six months are probably in the range of 20% up from what they were last year. This funding goes towards hiring postdocs, goes towards hiring staff members, graduate students and so on as well. So the, it's, the university is not one monolithic whole that all of a sudden we just take a big cut across the across the board and, and everybody is feeling the same amount of pain. Some areas are going to feel it. Other areas who are pulling in a lot of external funding for research will be expanding. You're, you're not going to see um, uh, sort of homogeneity across the university in terms of how we respond to this. This is actually an excellent climate in which to be uh, pursuing um, research funding because the Obama administration has substantially increased the amount of funding that's available for research through the National Science Foundation, National Institutes of Health and the other, the other major funding agencies. And as you would have seen just before Christmas, we received a $60 million uh, uh, gift from the Lilly Endowment uh, for the School of Medicine to support uh, a range of programs up there. So that's obviously going to allow them the, the ability to expand and in, uh, allow the school the ability to expand in those, in those areas as well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, to get a clear – to clarify something in my own mind anyway uh, because in the in the news release um, of January 6th, research grants came up and uh, I think I'm quoting from the news release. It says that uh, there would be $7 million in budget cuts will include requiring sponsored research grants to fully cover retirement costs for grant-funded faculty and professional staff. Right, right. Can you explain that a little uh, bit better to it's me? A, it's a reasonably technical point, Bob, but it's, but it's the fact that, that, that previously um, – Certain retirement costs that that uh, would in other institutions um, be funded through the overheads on the grants have been funded through campus funds. We're now requiring that they be funded through the grants. Will this and, be uh, retroactive to any other grants or uh, just I, new I, grants? Uh, it's we may make it retrospective um, to the beginning of the financial year or something like that, but it won't be it won't be before that. It'll okay. but it'll be basically new grants. Yes, okay. basically new grants. Have you considered or would you consider? taking a look at uh, the salaries for especially the highest salary earners at the university. This is kind of, I admit, a populist sort of point of view, but I looked at the IU salary database that the HT maintains this morning and the people making $75,000 or more a year at the university uh, just on the Bloomington campus comes out to about $175 million a year in salary. So if you cut that, 5% 5% or something. You're leaving these people who can still afford to leave, uh, live comfortably in Bloomington. You can save yourself $9 bucks of the 60 or so that you need to save. Is that at all a consideration in your mind? Um, I, I just don't think that's something that's on, on the table at the moment. Um, uh, we have uh, frozen salaries um, uh, uh, across the board and uh, uh, it, it, it may be the kind of thing that, uh, that could be looked at uh, further down the track, but I just don't see that as as uh, I mean, I don't 
believe that the situation has got to the stage where that uh, needs to be looked at at this point. So it would have to get worse financially before that would be a consideration? I think things would have to get much worse financially before anything like that was was looked at. All now. right. We have our first phone call of the day and it's Stan. Stan, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, Mr. President, uh, probably the there will be an effort to get the General Assembly to allow reallocations of funds from other areas into the general account so that the uh, MCCSC can continue to keep teachers and other key staffers uh, employed. And I was wondering, following uh, Stan's uh, comment, whether the university could hold up some construction funds on especially sports items, since you're an educational institution, and, and allow that money to go to the critical staff on the front lines. Thank um, you. All of, um, all of the, the funds that uh, are used for uh, athletic facilities um, are funded through, um, independently through the athletics department and come through um, revenue or come through philanthropic gifts. None of that comes from the state. Um, uh, other than that, uh, the, uh, much of the funding for the construction underway at the university comes either internally or it comes um, privately. For example, the new School of Music uh, building that um, the, the final details of which were, were – uh, the final plans for which were approved by the trustees just before Christmas um, is funded with a $44 million gift from the Lilly Endowment. None of that can be reallocated. Um, so uh, the amount of funding from the state for uh, uh, construction is actually relatively modest and a lot of it goes towards repair and re rehabilitation, that is to stop roofs leaking and so on. All of that, by the way, um, contributes to local employment. And um, uh, I'm, I'm mindful, um, just I, 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 I come across these things nearly every day, uh, a wonderful member of our staff who's, um, whose husband... Uh, has been out of work for, for many months who's a construction worker. And um, to me, um, uh, by taking advantage of this extraordinary situation, as I've tried to explain, with uh, construction costs being so much below um, uh, estimates, uh, it also has the added benefit of uh, helping put to work people who um, uh, may be presently unemployed. All right. Our phone numbers are 855-0811 in Bloomington. 877-285-9348. And you can also join the discussion at our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. You talked about uh, the fact that you'd rather be, have the, be holding the hand that you've been dealt rather than some, what some other uh, universities are facing. Uh, one university that's very close by, the University of Illinois, is requiring furloughs up to two weeks for faculty and staff. Has that option been discussed here? Well, um, as, as you know, Bob, what I, what I said in the statement was that we, we have to uh, deal with about $59 million in um, cuts, cash cuts, um, as part of the, the budget for the next 18 months. And I've asked all the campuses uh, to um, give me by the end of the month, myself and Vice President Theobald by the end of the month, their plans, their, their first cut at how they would do that. Now, a lot of the actual detailed work will then take place in the budget conferences over the next um, roughly two months after that, six weeks or so after that. Um, and um, what I've said consistently is that uh, there's no option is off the table, but, but 
that it's up to the individual units what their priorities are. Now, I've, given, I've indicated what the two major priorities for the university are, but it's up to the individual units and they simply have to make the determination themselves um, as to what, um, what they will need to do in order to, to deal with uh, the, the funding issues that um, they have in front of them. Uh, so I don't want to uh, – clearly there are some options that um, one hopes will not have to be used. But on the other hand, one doesn't want to tie the hands of, of people who are dealing with uh, very difficult um, issues at the, at the level of individual units. Mm-hmm. Something that's at least tangentially budget-related is sustainability and that's something you've been big on in the last uh, year to 18 months. Um, do you believe that uh, if – for instance, the Office of Sustainability comes to you with some ideas in the next six months that could potentially leverage savings uh, both near-term and probably especially long-term, that those will get a little extra attention to, to try to save money wherever they can? Oh, absolutely. And, and, and Stan, in my statement, I said that um, that uh, Vice President uh, Tom Morrison is uh, is now working. Obviously, the, the Office of Sustainability is going to be involved. But but um, uh, but, I, but it's time that we actually had a, a much more systematic look at um, energy usage across across the university, and um, uh, he he will be uh, coming out with um, a plan in about the next two months, focused very much on on how we can how we can make real really major inroads into um, into our into our energy usage because that one of the as well as the budget cuts that we're obviously going to be wrestling with. Um, we every year one of the unavoidables we have is an increase in utility costs. Well, much of that goes to energy, and um, we have. I think there's been many good programs in place in the past, and so on. But I but I think it's time now to take a a much harder look at how we can cut back on energy. I must say one of the in response to the, to my statement, I've got um, uh, many comments from members of the university community, and and. Uh, there has there's been a, a substantial number pointing out ways in which um, we could actually reduce energy usage and energy costs across the university. And, and you know, many of these were aware of, some of them were not. And I think that the, the input though is very useful. And I would hope that that we can uh, really take. Um, uh, make some serious inroads into that in the next couple of months too. All right. Let's uh, go to a phone call before we take our break where this was a very rapid show today. N is on the phone. N. Hi, uh, my name is Nyin. I'm, I'm a graduate student from the Department of Economics. Um, so before I ask my question, I would like to uh, extend my encouragement to uh, uh, Mr. President. Uh, you are very brave and you have a very difficult uh, position. So um, that is uh, my part I could do for now. Um, the question is, um, uh, what are your positions on um, uh, supporting graduate students in the next few years with respect to uh, tuition, uh, fees, and also especially um, teaching load. Thank you. Well, I, I think um, uh, the issue of the teaching load for graduate students it really is a matter for individual um, departments and, and, and schools and that they determine what's, what's appropriate there and so on. I, I do, I do um, and I've said this many times before, um, I, I've heard figures uh, of um, that, that, that up to maybe a third of the research productivity uh, of a uh, of a university, a research university, can be attributed to the work of the graduate students. So I've, I've never heard that actually validated, but something like that I think is is probably very uh, very close to the to the truth. So graduate students are an enormously important part of the the research enterprise, and of course the the teaching enterprise in a in a university, and. Um, 
we've seen the numbers, our numbers uh, increase. I'm, I'm mindful that that the stipends for graduate students um, have um, uh, are probably not what we would like them to be. However, as part of the Matching the Promise campaign, the, the campaign for Bloomington that we're in the midst of at the moment, we have raised um, from memory somewhere in excess of $50 million in um, uh, funding from um, individual donors to support new uh, graduate fellowships uh, around the university. My, my wife and I now support, uh, are on the process of supporting three across, uh, across the institution as well. So, so there's a, there's, um, uh, there has been, I think, a, a substantial increase in philanthropic support for, uh, for graduate uh, fellowships, which tends to be a, a major way in which you can you can do this, but I but I I, uh, I want to just reiterate just how important I think the contribution that graduate students make uh, is to the uh, is to the university. All right, thanks a lot for the call. Uh, again, our guest today is President Michael McRobbie from Indiana University. Uh, we are going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville Telephone Information at smithville.net and from Mother Bear's Pizza at motherbearspizza.com. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? On Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting south-central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 745. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Stan Dostrebsky, the WFIU News Director. And today our guest is Indiana University President Michael McRobbie. You can join the program by calling 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. Or you can join the discussion at our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. I'm wondering if you think that the the current administration in the Statehouse and, and indeed the legislature who – would have given a 4 percent cut to higher education were it not for the stimulus dollars which you mentioned are going away, are, are actually committed to doing things like reducing the brain drain which is this thing that you say every year if you're trying to get reelected. We don't want the best and the brightest to leave Indiana. But are they, are they just paying lip service at some point to education, especially higher education in the state? Could they be doing more to help you as a university administrator? Uh, I, I think that um – I think that the the, the state uh, has has actually been um, pretty fair to us, and I think have tried very hard to um, to to support us. And, and by that I mean uh, that the the level of the cuts to the rest of or most of the rest of the organisations in the state, uh, the state um, uh, departments and so on, and around the state were um, were much larger and. Uh, 
uh, and happen a lot earlier than than uh, what happened to higher education. I think that I think it is genuinely the case that w- that uh, the cuts to higher education um, uh, have have come uh, 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 these these last round of cuts um, have have come about uh, last second last on the list, and after that, of course, was K twelve. Uh, and the, the issues that they're going to be dealing with. So, so I think that, uh, that, that, that the governor and the legislature have been pretty genuine about wanting to try to do all they can to shield higher education from, uh, from these cuts. However, um, they, they continue to stress the point, and, and we, we simply have to be uh, mindful of this, that, that, they, that, that they, don't, they, they want to see us doing more to use the resources that we have more effectively and more efficiently, and I think it's essential that we be able to demonstrate to them that that not only are, are we doing that now, but frankly we have been doing it for for a long time. But 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 we have to continue to do it, and we have to continue to do more of it. I mean, the more that we can show them that they're getting uh, that they're getting good value uh, from the money that they give the university, even the reduced amounts, uh, I think the the, the 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 greater the chance of. Um, uh, us being able to, uh, you know, recover from this when times start to improve again. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the phones. We have a caller, and his name is Don. Don, hi, uh, Doctor McRobbie. My name's Don, and um, hello. I work for the university. I recently got your email that you sent out to everybody. You know, um, first of all, I'm very happy to have my job, but um, I'm an hourly employee, and um, I was just wondering if um, if it was ever possible to extend. Um, insurance benefits to hourly employees. Uh, I'm I'm not certain how um, what provisions are after that. I know, I know that that may be able to be done in some cases. Don, if you want to leave your um, uh, contact details uh, with the with the switch here, why don't, why don't we get back to you with whatever options um, uh, may be may be available in that regard? All right. Okay, thank you. Okay, Don. Thanks a lot for the call. 855-0811-877-285-9348, WFIU.org slash Noon Edition. Um, in terms of looking at you know the way that the business is done, I guess the, I guess business as usual is something to take a look at and decide what, what can be done differently. Where do the regional campuses fit into this discussion? I know we're focused on Bloomington, but we have a lot of listeners who are in areas that would be affected by regional campuses. With the um, increased visibility of Ivy Tech, does that uh, change the mission of the regionals? Oh, I, I think um, I mean, that's, a, that's an excellent question, Bob, and I, and I, think, it's a, I think it's a question that uh, is going to be coming more and more to the forefront over the next couple of years. And, and really, the, the issue there is going to be one of um, uh, how, how can the, the higher education institutions in, in the various regions of the state, how can they better coordinate their, um, their missions? How can they use their resources more efficiently? I mean, we just have to face the fact that, 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 that the resources from the state that go to um, those institutions, whether it be our, our regional campuses or Ivy Tech, is going to be declining. And most of the income on those campuses comes from either tuition or it comes from uh, from the state, And unlike Bloomington and, and uh, Indianapolis, where, where you also have all the research funding and the um, philanthropic funding that comes as well. Um, and, uh, uh, for example, to have um, uh, uh, multiple um, uh, 
IT organisations or something in a, in, a, in a region is just a, it's a good one because it's an area that um, I think really benefits from consolidation as opposed to just having a single one that, that, that could do it all at scale and save uh, significant amounts of money. It's something that's going to have to be wrestled with. Now, we, we already have a, 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 an interesting model on a relatively modest scale in Columbus where um, Ivy Tech and uh, the um, IU program there, which is run through APUI, and some Purdue programs are all basically sort of run as, as run in one sort of overall um, umbrella, under one umbrella, and uh, and get, they get quite a few um, economies of scale there, and sharing libraries and um, classrooms and uh, and IT uh, as well. And I think there's going to be more and more pressure to to look at a greater coordination and more effective use of rules right right across the state. And it is the case that. Um, uh, that the, the the higher ed commission in uh, in formulating the cuts that it did um, has has identified degree completion as an important component um, in allocating those cuts, and um, the, the the level of degree completion on our regional campuses um, is frankly lower than what we would like it to be. I think we have to look at how to um, improve. And in fact, now it's clear that 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 improving graduation rates. Um, and, and retention rates through to graduation uh, is going to be tied uh, to um, directly to budgets. Um, so that's going to become um, that's going to become more and more important uh, to those campuses as well. Mm-hmm. How do the current budget conditions affect the talk that will undoubtedly begin in the next couple of months between the trustees about whether it's a good idea to raise tuition again in the next year or two? Well, tuition is set. Uh, on a uh, biennial basis, and so it's set uh, for the next um, uh, two years until the ne- until the next budget. I mean, clearly um, at the next next budget cycle, which um, will uh, be starting well, effectively at, right at the end of this year or early next year, um, uh, as every year, um, tuition then will will um, become a, a an issue to be discussed again. But um, but as I said, we we are mindful um, of the fact that. Uh, uh, that in these in these difficult times, um, uh, one has to be very thoughtful about uh, about uh, tuition increases. Um, uh, but on the other hand, you know, we also have to bear in mind that um, uh, that that if you start cutting the the, the funding that's available to us um, uh, or, or capping it in various ways, then there we're limited in in the ability that we have to continue to pursue um, the major goals and mission of the university at the, at the levels we need to if we're to remain a great research university. Do you have a position, I wonder, on the property tax cap discussion that's going on at the State House? Because obviously that affects a large amount of money that would potentially come into the state and obviously and it has affected education in the past. The education funding formulas in the last couple of years have changed significantly. But do you have a position on on what where you'd like to see that go? It's not something that, that we've we've taken a position on, um, Stan, at this point and and I'm I expect it's uh, since it's a matter that will come up uh, before the legislature, I'm not certain it's something we we will be uh, will be taking a position on. But but you know we'll be obviously keeping our options open on that uh, on that front. So uh, what happens in a month? I mean, when you when you and and Neil Theobald get uh, the reports back from all these different units about where they think uh, cuts should be made, who sees that information and who sort of determines which directions you're going to? pursue and which ones you think maybe aren't a good idea? 
Um, well, I mean, that's that's obviously uh, at the end of the day, um, that's a decision that, that uh, Vice President Theobald and I will will make. But my, my expectation is that um, uh, that uh, what we will get back from the Provost and the Chancellors uh, will be. Uh, Will be pretty thoroughgoing, um, uh, at least in, in in terms of the the, the, the major directions that they believe um, uh, cuts could be made. The role we're going to play there is is really um, to to uh, be convinced that that these are um, that these are these are genuine. In um, what I mean by that is that uh, um, one way of dealing with cuts in um, in, in budgets is through uh, additional ways of raising fund uh, funding and uh, through through revenue enhancement and uh, uh, that that um, that be, I expect that we will see a um, an outburst of creativity some of which will but I think no doubt be very good some of which will be maybe a little speculative as to um, the ability to raise funding that way and uh, we need to be pretty hard-headed about what we think is realistic and what isn't uh, in that context. That's one thing. And an- another is, you know, we just have to look at um, the ways in which we um, are spending money now. And when we when we see the reports from the chancellors, I want to be able to to, to see that um, that some of the ways in which that I know we're spending money on some of the other campuses uh, have at least been considered for for cutting where where they are not necessarily focused on the primary mission of of that uh, of that campus, um, and uh, I want to see that I, I want to be convinced as does as does Vice President Theobald that that it that 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 all options have really have really been considered. We have to we have to um, we have to take the position that there, that uh, while I don't want to say there are no sacred cows that that, that there are um, few sacred cows in this in this matter. Mm-hmm. A couple of companion questions. The first is I wonder if the job that you do right now is the job you thought you were signing up for a couple of years ago. I mean you've had to – I almost choked on my water when you said that. <laughs> I mean you've had to go through obviously these budget worries. Uh, there's been a bunch of changes in the athletic department and a lot of other uh, uh, different types of uh, stresses that have come into your office in the last year and a half or so. Is is all of this uh, – clearly it's not predictable when you're getting into this and clearly there are nice things about being the president of Indiana University. But do you think if you could have <laughs> foreseen this a year and a half ago, two years ago, you would have looked at uh, the, the job a little bit differently and has it – and has all of this changed your view of what your role is as the leader of the university? Well, I, I, I think that um, – that I, I mean, it's 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 a wonderful job. I, I I think it's one of the great one of the great privileges that uh, that that one can have in life is to be the president of um, Indiana University, following in the footsteps of so many um, you know truly outstanding leaders like Herman Wells and uh, Miles Brand, and um, uh, it, it is a it is an extraordinary institution and um, could not have been demonstrated more than. Uh, Lynn Ostrom winning the Nobel Prize just before Christmas, which was um, certainly, I think, one of the one of the truly great highlights of nearly two hundred years of history of this university. And uh, uh, to, to me, I mean, I've been uh, given the, um, the enormous um, you know, honor and privilege of serving in this in this role at a at a very difficult time. Um, I think that that we have, thanks to um, 
superb management of the institution financially through uh, Vice President Theopold, before him Vice President Palmer, and um, and their very able staff. We, we are in um, we are in uh, relatively uh, good financial position, excellent financial position, but we now have some very hard decisions to make. But I believe we can make them in a way that can fundamentally strengthen um, the the institution uh, and move us forward. And I believe we have um, uh, one of the best teams at the senior level of the institution, um, uh, find a group of deans, uh, that that we have the, the right people in the right place, uh, right places um, uh, overall, to really enable us to uh, to, to move forward. And uh, and this is this is going to be a difficult uh, six months, uh, maybe longer, probably longer. Uh, but I think we have the opportunity here to to really um, make uh, uh, major inroads and transform the place um, uh, totally in, in, in an irreversible way. And that and that leads me to my second question. You recently got a contract extension to twenty seventeen, uh, so obviously that gives you a fair amount more time to move this university in a significant direction. Do you think that uh, you'll be able to somewhat quickly get out of these these budget concerns and worry about the actual academic mission uh, and other things that seem to be more um, germane to what you want to do as a university president rather than just uh, have to deal with the money all the time? Oh, I, I, uh, I, I continue to work on all of those issues every day. Uh, it's, not, it's not as if the the present problems, though, though they are dominating my time and, uh, uh, and, and I, I have to spend a lot of my, my time on them, but it's not as if that's all I'm spending my time on. I mean, I, I'm still able to devote a lot of my time to, to many of those issues. So I don't think our focus on the academic mission of the, of the institution is, is, um, uh, has, uh, has stopped. Uh, certainly, I don't believe it's really diminished. Um, but but certainly there are there are things that will no doubt have to go slower. There are things that I would like to be doing that probably I have to postpone um, uh, for you know for a period of time. But uh, but but as I said, my the two priorities in my statement are to continue to to, to focus on the preservation and enhancement of the academic core of the institution, and uh, uh, and I don't want to lose sight of that. I mean, I, we we could. We could sort of you know, hunker down and uh, and and uh, and spend all our time saving saving pennies and uh, and um, uh, trying to muddle our way through that way. But I think that's that's just not uh, the that, that's just, that's not the way to address this problem, especially given the position we're in and given the the quality of this institution and given the quality of the team that we have in this institution. All right. Our phone numbers uh, for the last 10 minutes of the program with President McRobbie, 855-0811 or 877-285-9348 and WFIU.org slash Noon Edition is our website. You can go there and send us an email. Um, I wanted to uh, get actually kind of piggyback on, on what Stan was saying because you have had so many different goals for the university. I think your uh, platform included uh, maybe – well, I think there were six or seven that I could recall, including diversity, including um, international relationships, including arts and humanities and music, as well as life sciences, IT, and all the other academic things. You said you, there may be some things you need to slow down on. I mean, are you in a position where you need to sort of prioritize 
those six or seven things and say these are the ones we need to focus on right now and maybe we can slow down on one thing or another? Um, I, I, I'm, I think that the way to, the way to proceed is one just continues to try to do um, – uh, to, to focus on all the all the priorities of the institution, um, all the priorities previously outlined, um, and uh, and but then um, as uh, the budget issues um, start to develop, uh, to to make course adjustments accordingly, um, and and the scale of the institution is such that uh, um, you might not. Because you stop from doing something one way doesn't mean you might not be able to work out how to do it another way. Um, the fact that I mean, this is just a it's kind of an abstract example. If if you need a, um, a million dollars for this particular purpose and it's no longer possible to get it through, um, say, state funds, maybe you can go and raise it uh, through donors. Um, and uh, so the, the the scale of the institution is is such that. Um, uh, uh, you, you're not. You're not always. It's hard to necessarily block something that you want to get done because there are multiple ways you might be able to get it done. Okay, uh, it's probably worth noting that the university gets, I believe, that figures about twenty-one percent of its funding from the state. Now, I think that's overall. It's about that, Jim. Right. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask about the IU Foundation and how how it's weathering the storm because um, the foundation also is something that provides a lot of right. assistance to a lot of things that you want to do. Um, are, are its resources um, uh, lower than they may have been? Oh, yeah. I mean it's, it's no different to, to most other uh, endowments. Um, the, uh, I, uh, I, I don't have the exact figure in my head, Bob, but I haven't seen – and in fact, I haven't seen the latest figures although, of course, as everybody knows, the Dow's – been in pretty good shape for the last uh, last year uh, since it well less than a year, but nine months or so since it started recovering. But um, uh, uh, we were probably down. Um, I think at the moment maybe something like twenty percent from where we were two, roughly two years ago. The, the key thing, though, is that the two key things. Firstly, unlike many other institutions, or unlike a number of the other a number of the Ivy League institutions. Who, who budget their endowment income in the base. We don't budget our endowment income in the base. So that is, if that falls, uh, that doesn't have any catastrophic effects on us um, uh, that way. So it's, it's, if you like, it's a supplement on top of uh, our, our base budget or our general fund. Um, the other thing is that we, we average out returns over, over 12 months uh, – sorry, over 12 quarters. So, so that way you smooth out the, the, the peaks and the valleys. So what what you'll see now over the next couple of years is is a gradual gradual decline um, in the payout from the endowment that goes right across all the different schools and so on who who have a share in that endowment through gifts that were made to those schools, um, and then as things recover you'll see a gradual improvement. So you don't you don't get catastrophic peaks and troughs or catastrophic troughs and and wonderful peaks. Um, you get a you get a much more averaged out uh, process and and. Um, I think that that uh, though it's uh, though it means that you don't necessarily get the exciting windfalls from good times, nor do you suffer from the the bad times. Mm -hmm. Are there uh, obviously one of the big concerns here is we don't want to have layoffs at the university. You've you've said you don't want to have any reduction in force here. You'd like to keep 
uh, just not go any further than, say, a, a salary freeze. Um, I'm wondering if there's semantic changes that can be made to university language within human resources, for instance, that allow uh, departments to, for instance, rewrite job descriptions to assure that the most capable people are in each job to try to increase efficiencies in that way. One of the things I know that we're thinking about uh, around here at WFIU, since we have so many different little things that we do, is you try to make sure that every single person is doing their job but also is doing a job for which they are eminently qualified and it helps your your hiring too whenever you can hire because you have a very well-defined job description. I mean are there ways that human resources can, uh, for lack of a better term, back off a little bit and say we trust you as academic units not only to make cuts but also to do your hiring and your firing and your salaries uh, in the way that you see is best for your academic units uh, or support units budget? Well, that's that's exactly what, what we're doing, what, what – uh Neil Theobald and I have instructed the campuses to do. We, we, we haven't we haven't mandated how that uh, fifty nine million dollars is is to be um, is to be cut apart from those two key priorities of of preserving the academic, preserving and enhancing the academic core and and continuing um, with uh, you know, construction renovation uh, and so on. Um, but we've said that how how you make the cuts that have been allocated to the campuses is up to the campuses and the, and the chancellors and the provost in turn um, will then decide you know, how, they will, how they will then allocate that across schools and the individual academic units. So um, uh, it, to, it's going to be up to those units who have to um, deal with those cuts um, how, how they will actually uh, find those funds and and really no options off the table to them and how and how they do that. So that means an individual manager could see that a layoff is the best way to cut money. If, if an individual manager makes that decision, that's that's the decision they will have to make. Yeah, but it's always regrettable when that happens. But we're not take, we're not ruling anything out at this point. All right, uh, I wanted to ask. Uh, I'm I'm kind of changing the subject now for a minute because IU did just get a, a nice. Um, recognition through Kiplinger mm-hmm. as uh, a best buy for higher mm-hmm. education and I wanted to give the opportunity to talk about what, what those, that kind of recognition means to, to you and the university. Oh, uh, I, 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 I think it's uh, – as I said in the, again in the statement, I think hardly a week goes by when we don't get some sort of recognition. <laughs> I think just before Christmas, it was what the Daily Beast ranked as, as what is what, one of the – was it uh, 10 – Ten most uh, uh, active, interesting campuses, or something like that. Yeah. It was just behind. Um, well, USC was first, and one other campus, and then us. I mean, that's, that was a great compliment. It was over a ten-year period, and uh, I think the Kiplinger um, Kiplinger Award is, is is a recognition of exactly what I was saying before that that we 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 have become um, both more affordable. But also in terms of uh, the the cost of an IU education, um, extremely good, extremely good value, mm-hmm. and um, I I, uh, I I I always welcome um, these kinds of external awards. I mean, I think some of them are some of them are a little hard to take seriously. Some of them I, I take a little more seriously. Um, Nobel prizes I take extremely seriously, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, but 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 I think they th- there's a there's an overall pattern there that just confirms the, the again the quality the excellence of the institution and, and I think the, the the fact that there is an overall pattern of um, improvement over 
over over recent years in, um, in in all the various aspects of the of the university. All right, we only have about the. 30 seconds to go and we started this program, you know, you corrected me and said this isn't a crisis and I'll I take that in the way it was meant. Um, but if you could sort of summarize again, where are we right now? You just sent this letter out. You know, how, how should, should people be really worried, scared? What should people be thinking, the people who are on the faculty staff and people in Bloomington who rely so much on the university? Well, I certainly don't think uh – People should be worried or, 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 or scared as such. I mean, this is not. Um, I certainly don't want to engage in fear mongering or anything like that. But, but, but I do think that um, we all have to um, appreciate that these. That this this is a, a very difficult situation, and um, uh, and we just can't afford to keep doing all the things that we've we've always done, uh, and that but that individuals can. Can certainly can contribute through um, obviously their their hard work, but also their their creativity in working out how can we how can we do more for less, as they say. And uh, and uh, I, I expect that we're already seeing some evidence of that. I think we could probably see a lot of evidence of that over the next couple of months of people saying, well, if we you know put this and this and this together, then um, then it's going to cost us this this much um, less than what it costs us now. I mean, one of the things we announced, of course, was we we're going to consolidate purchasing. Um, that's going to save us a couple of million dollars in the base. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, anybody who buys anything these days knows that uh, there's nothing particularly unique, campus unique about purchasing. This is something that really is just a central function, that, and, and 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 we're going to put that in place. So, so you know, my I, I, I but I think the key thing here, the key message, and I've tried to say this over and over again, is 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 um, the situation is such that we 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 still are in good enough shape that that uh, that it is an opportunity for us to build and enhance that academic core and to continue to uh, construct the infrastructure we need to be a great university. Okay, I'm going to have to cut you off there. Thank you very much, President McRobbie, and thanks, Stan, for being here, and also for Ariana Prothero and Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering pizzas, pasta dinners, and wings with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com, 332-4495 for delivery.